Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an actor and independent filmmaker in New York. And in between the fortunate chances I get to do my work, I love to hear how other artists approach their craft. In this series of conversations, you'll see some faces you recognize, some you may not, but they're all working artists. And we'll get to see how they take art and use their craft to reveal the truth. This is Art Craft Truth. In this conversation, we'll be talking with actor Tony Lobianco, a 60-year veteran of stage, screen, and television. From classic films like The French Connection, The Seven Ups, to Oliver Stone's Nixon, to a Tony-nominated performance of Arthur Miller's A View from the Bridge on Broadway, Tony brings a unique perspective to show business and the craft of acting. How many years in the business altogether, mm. if you put it all together? Well, this is 2015, and in October, It'll be 61 years. What, you know, it, it happens different for different artists. Were you one of those people who, uh, right off the bat as a kid, that's all you wanted to do, or did it come later? How did, it, how did the craft come to you? It came um, in high school. A teacher, uh, I went to a vocational high school, a school that I had really no interest in, in uh, any of the subject matter. It happened to be a school, it was a one-block from my home, there was a speech and drama teacher. She saw something in me, and as everything else in our business is, the timing right. was right. Right. And you have to be there at the right time, so in the right place. 16, how old are you? Just 17, 17. Uh, just turning 18 right. on October. Uh, I had natural, I guess, leadership ability. Okay. Uh, you know, came from sports. Came from my boxing. Uh, That's another you know, reason I like softball. you. I'm a huge boxing fan. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. Big, big boxing Great. fan. With that, I was the all-star first baseman on the baseball team, and uh, and I was the president of the class, uh, <laughs> just because I had leadership, not because right. I was a, a scholastic wonder, right. mind you. And uh, so she saw that in me, right. and got me into her classroom. And it just so happened that a contest was coming around. What happened was I got into this contest. She, she asked me about a poem, and I read the poem. I thought, this is good. So I took it in. I won for my class. Then I competed in my school, right. won for my school. And then she changed the poem to Cyrano de Bergerac ah. with a great speech. I said, right, you, know, right, you could right, have said right, so right. many you things. You could have said about my nose. About the nose. Right. So here I am. Representing Brooklyn <laughs> in the city finals. Bug bit you. You got a trophy. Yeah, I got a little trophy. So now what? What do right, I do? Right. Well, as I said, find the cheapest school because I had no money. Right. Uh, find the cheapest school with the with the biggest reputation. Nice. Great order. Right. You know. So uh, then I went to the dramatic workshop in okay. New York City on Fifty First Street and uh, uh, Broadway. Okay, I'll be an actor. That means I got to learn everything. Right. You know what? So I had to mop the stage. I want to know about the lights. <laughs> sure. I want to know about costume. I want to know about directing. I want to know about uh, sets. Right, right, right. So my activity in, in that was, was pretty strong. From that point as a young man, but let's even, let's even skip ahead to how you dealt with it through your career and even till now. When, you, when you're approaching a character, mm. what is your, what's the first thing that 
that you do when, when you get that script in front of you and you start to see that stuff? I mean, wh where do you go? Well, the first thing I do is to try to understand the world right. in which that person lives. What year are they living in? Right. What knowledge do they have? They don't have our knowledge. Right. Uh, and how were they educated? Right. And who they are? What, what's all about them? You know, I take it up to the year right. and, and try to eliminate the future. Right. When you're actually, when you, once you've, you've done your preparation, you, you learned your stuff and you, you've got behind your, your characters, to, you put yourself in that place, and it's you and the other actor. Mm. How important is listening? What is it, what is, what's that to the craft for you? Well, sure. Uh, listening is, is ex extremely important, as important as acting. Right. And uh, the, you know, and, and I separate acting and speaking. Right. You know, because yeah. uh, to me it is an act, it isn't, acting is not an accident. Right. Acting is not uh, a bunch of improvisation right. on, on film. Right. Uh, you might, you might want to discover right. with improvisation uh, certain things, but right. not on film. Right. Uh, on film, acting to me is a precise art right. uh, that looks absolutely natural and made up on the spur of the moment right. and all that stuff. But that's our job. That's our job as artists right. to make it look like that. But right. the precision of every move, every look, every because it's all body language as well, too. I learned a great deal from the human race. You know, you ask me, what's my, who's my acting teacher? Right. The human race right. is my acting teacher because I watch people's behavior and shoulder action or sure. foot moving, everything to me. How important was it to, to be a, an actor in New York, to have that, to, you know, Absolutely. just to look at wherever you go and just soak it all in? And, and even better, being born in Brooklyn. <laughs> the, when, when you got into more professional acting and you started you wasn't it you and Roy Scheider and didn't you guys do uh, wasn't there a theater company you all did together yes yes in 1962 right I guess uh, the Triangle Theater was my partner Bert Brinkerhoff who was an actor then uh, is, is now a director he um, we, we discovered this theater together for $5,000 <laughs> that we borrowed from the church. We built nice. a stage. We had Jules Fisher as our lighting right, designer. Right. All, he put in the lights, lighting board, uh, costumes, and we did three plays. <laughs> all for $5,000. Wow. Free. Wow. It's the story of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Free. And so we ran this theater for three, four, five years. Right. It's still going on under our name. Is that correct? I don't that know right? what they're doing, yeah. Right. But uh, they've, they've changed it. It's the same area, but right. they, they moved the theater from where it was up to upstairs. But anyway, so we, we, and we paid back. It was donations. And we paid back the church the $5,000 from right. the donations. From the school into the Triangle Theater that you always had your hands in from the lighting board to the, you, you knew everything. About well, you learned you learned the crafts that weren't just of the actor. You learned what what had to be done to make these things work. Well, you know why? Because if you're an actor only, right. and you say I would like or I want, and you don't know what you're talking about right. or what it takes to get I like or I want, right. 
you're not helping anybody. <laughs> right. So they just becoming a pain in the arse. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so if you know what it takes to do that, you know, yeah. as far as your costume is concerned, uh, you know, I'm fanatic about right. where how the costume is handled. The costume should be handled like gold. You know, the respect to right. the costume and and uh, the matching. Right. You know, I I don't trust the costume assistant. Right to know that my tie should be, this goes with this suit, right, right, and right, so right. on. I write it down in my script. Really? You know? Yeah. So that's, so detail is, I'm getting coming off of you is, is like, is very, very important. Oh yeah. Right down to the, it's interesting. Oh sure. A lot sure. of different actors behave differently with, oh, yeah. with that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, because, because I have to know, and then I, you know, you, you know how movies are made, the, you, you, you go into one room, and then six months later, right. you're coming out <laughs> right. the other the door. door. Right. Now you have to know, you know, of course, what you were wearing, what your emotion was, right, what the right, scene was right. prior, you know, how you, you know, right. so you have to know a lot. Of, you know, so you're, you're checking your own continuity all the time. To oh, see yeah. That. Oh, yes. So I'm sure. Let's I'd talk see. about what you learned in the different schools of acting that mm. as you moved along. The dramatic workshop. Right. That was the first school. I was being taught by a, a, a choreographer dance teacher. Okay. Okay. He had knowledge of acting was truly nil. Right. He knew nothing of acting. What he knew, because he was a choreographer, was staging. Right. Stage balance, right. you know, actors and so on. And that's what I learned from him. Thank God, again, I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> because, you know, he'd give you direction. This is the yeah. kind of, you walk two steps, you turn, and now you look, and now you deliver the line. That was the direction wow. on acting. Wow. Now, most people didn't know how to handle that and make right. it human. Right. So thank God, Brooklyn again. Brooklyn was the teacher. Yeah, because I had background, I had family, I had uh, uncles, I had street knowledge, right. I had school I went to. I was living life, right. well, you know, with, with with humans, with a lot of <laughs> right. contact, right. you know, boxing, fighting, and right. uh, whatever, all that jazz that that you know made was was part of my my power, right. power part of my emotion, you know. Right. Golden and gloves, is that what you were? Golden gloves, yeah. Wow. I did club fighting before that. Really? Yeah, club a, a, a Flatbush Boys Club no in kidding. Brooklyn. Uh and other other clubs. How'd you do? Well, Golden Gloves, I won and I lost. I knocked the guy out in the first round and won the first fight and the second round I lost the decision <laughs> to a guy named Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, if you're going to lose to somebody, exactly, you might as well lose. So, uh, so I went. I, I finished in that school, and I knew I was able to cry. I was able to make the audience laugh. I was able to do all those things sitting on stage, thinking, "What am I going to have after dinner? <laughs> what am I going to do? How am I going to? What game am I going to play? What softball game am I going to play right. next week?" And I kept thinking, and they all kept applauding and getting. I got all the reviews. Mm -hmm. I mean, amazing. So uh, it was coming easy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was coming easy without my participation right. as far as I was concerned. Right, right. I mean, I got my first review in acting school for maybe six months to a year, I forget. And the first review was of pro caliber, <laughs> as Tony Young, <laughs> destined to fl flourish in the spotlight <laughs> as a brilliant character artist. I mean, this is... You know what? Retire, hang it up. I'm going to okay. hang it up after that. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I right. did it. I'm, I'm a star. <laughs> you go, Dad. I told you. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, so, so here I was, the guy in the school, and they all wanted me to go to work. I stayed there two years. Right. They all said, go, go, go. And I said, I'm not ready. I don't, I don't know anything. So I left that school, which was teaching me from the outside in, right. and went to a school called Actors Repertory Theater, where they would teach me from the inside out. And so uh, I went there 
and this is the key, I went there dumb. I didn't want to go there with knowledge right. of, of everybody saying, go to work, or you're a pro caliber. No, right, no, smart you're, move. You know, a strong <laughs> move with a young kid. And, and so, I, so I didn't want to fight. I wanted to learn. I didn't go there to fight. I wanted right, to learn. Right. So what I did was learn that side and, and then put them together right. upon needing it. I mean, the first teacher uh, taught me directing, direction. Right. This guy was teaching me some kind of character study. Right. And so according to the play, I changed technique. Right. How I approach this part right. or how I approach that part is right. quite different. As you work with other actors, even from that point on, you know, a lot of different actors come with different ideas, different sure. knowledge bases, different techniques. Mm. How, do you, uh, how do you find your interaction? How do you make that mesh? If somebody's coming from, mm. you, know, you know, Strasbourg's head somewhere and they're off in a corner being method about it, or, you know, how do you deal with other actors working their own way and make it work together? Well, I, um, um, as far as movies are concerned, it's pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, except, <laughs> Uh, if you show a great deal of knowledge and insight about a scene mm -hmm. or character, I think, and if an actor is coming there to, you know, not have that background or, 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 or dedication or whatever you want to call it, I will talk to him or mm -hmm. her about a better way, so okay. to speak, right. in depth of character and what the possibilities are in terms of a scene, as I do when I'm a director. Right. The possibilities of what is really going on here right, right. in this scene. It's not just, hello, how are you doing? Right, You're right. having a nice day. That's a nice just a dialogue. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what's going on. Right. That's what's on, under the text. Yes, that's all that. the stuff underneath that's going on. So I will have that discussion with that. But on the stage, the stage, it's a, we have that time. You have the rehearsal. You know, you it's have golden. the rehearsal yeah. and so on. And then you got... You try to get everybody on your page. How was your How was your experience uh, uh, on uh, because one of the, your most lauded performances on stage was uh, was uh, Eddie Carbone. You've you, you, you deal yeah. with Arthur Miller's words, which is mm. just amazing. What was that rehearsal <laughs> process and the whole thing leading up to that? Line? Well, as an just as an actor, this is that? a this is a perfect example. Okay, okay? that play and you love this story. When I was in that first acting school, mm -hmm. uh, the dramatic workshop, and I was all of just turning 18, Arthur Miller came to my, my school uh, and was giving us a lecture. Right. And he had two kids do a scene from A View from the Bridge. <laughs> I had never read it. Right. I didn't know. But I looked at that and I said, I'm going to do that play on Broadway one day. Really? <laughs> just turning it, just my first time in, in acting school, okay? Right. 25, or tw less than 25 years later. Oh, then I did the show in, in Summer Stock mm -hmm. and other places, and I knew the effect that it had on, on audiences. And God, I had people running out of the theater screaming, sure. thinking I'd really killed myself in right, the play, right, you know? Right, right. So the effect was extremely, extremely amazing. So, years later, 70, 1975 or six. Arvin Brown of the uh, Long Wharf Theater mm -hmm. said to me, uh, what play do you want to do? I said, A View from the Bridge. He said, okay, we'll do A View from the Bridge at the Long Wharf Theater. So we did it there, and we invited Arthur, and Dustin, came, Dustin Hoffman came, and, and Paul Newman wow. came to see the show. 
and they really liked it. And so we wound up doing it on Broadway right. some couple of two years later, I believe. Uh, and Arthur Miller, uh, some was rather wonderful. I would, uh, in the rehearsal, um, I mean, I felt like I wrote the play. <laughs> right. And I told them that. It spoke to, yeah. you know, Red Hook and Brooklyn. And, sure. Yeah. I, in fact, when we, we were going to do the play, I took Arvin Brown to the neighborhood. Right. I had him come to my uncle's apartment, <laughs> eat there, right. talk to my uncle, talk to my aunt, go take him to Red Hook, take him to all over these right. places to give him, because he had no understanding right. of, uh, you know, sure. it's not his background right. at all. So he knew I knew a great deal about the play, and I, you know, I said this should be the couch, this should be the, this, the doily should be here, this right. is the walls, this is what the floor looks like, and so on and so forth. And so we, we proceeded that way, and then we cast it together, and so well, on. So you were really involved with that production. Oh yeah, from the nuts oh, and bolts oh, right all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give you a quick story. I played that off in a regional production. I mm. played uh, Alfieri. Ah. So, uh, which is a great yes, it is. Greek chorus is a great role. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So let me let me get back to uh, developing a character again. Now you've done this a couple of times. You're doing it now with uh, Fior Fiorello Laguardia. Laguardia. But I'm a huge boxing fan. Mm. Okay, and I'm a huge Rocky Marciano fan. Mm -hmm. You played Rocky Marciano in that famous TV movie. Then you later did the Favreau thing. You played uh, Frankie Carbo. Frankie Carbo. Yeah. Um, when you're approaching a character who was a real person, mm. is it different than an Eddie Carbone, a fictional? I mean, do you do you approach it differently? Do you did you seek out the Marciano family? Did you? I mean, how do you do that when there's that at stake? Well, you know, when we first did the Marciano movie, uh, it was done for television. Yeah, and uh, I. Don't believe that the, uh, I think it was ABC um, had, was making a deal with the Marciano family, and they were not happy, and so they weren't really? endorsing, you know, doing know it. So, so, but I did seek out his brother. I did speak with his brother right. um, at the time. Rocky, was, of course, was passed. Yeah, he died. Uh, uh, as much as I could get, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, read, read books. I have a couple of books on him, and right. so you look. You do as much research as you possibly can. Right. You look at footage. When you have you're playing real people, right. just like I did with LaGuardia, just like I do with anybody I'm playing that has a has, oh, is real, uh, and uh, you you try to understand and then make it. It could be real, but they, you got to make it theatrically real, right. Right. <laughs> right. you know, and interesting. Maybe even more a little bit more interesting than right. they are. Right. You know, I've I've seen so many actors that play a, a role, and and. They're not exciting. <laughs> they're not. They're not giving you the extra walk. They're not giving right. you. Not giving you the background right. of their experience as a character. Right. So what excites you when you see a performance is that depth, that mm. rich. When you say, "All right, there's more going on here than this guy's. He's not just playing the text. There's. He's got yeah. a whole something he's created for himself." Oh sure, and, my yeah. goodness. The uh, look. Take the scene of uh, Anthony Hopkins. And I believe Emma Thompson yes, in uh, the Remains of the Day. Remains of the Day. Right. That scene when she comes into his bedroom. Yes. And he's reading his mm -hmm. book and he's private. And he's, hot, yeah. and he's got his smoking. He's smoking right. of all right. things. Right. And he's in, and she comes and invades his space. Right. And his his whole world is is like right. you know, who's this this woman? He smells her. Right. 
Right. This is what acting is about. Right. There's even some psychological gestures he's doing. Yes. Where he's just sort of putting his hand. Yes. He, that's one of the stuff. things he loves to do. He loves right? that. Oh, great stuff. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that Anthony Hopkins right. motion. Who are some of your heroes as, as in the Lawrence Lawrence Olivier, uh, Anthony Hopkins. One of my favorites uh, as well. I love Hopkins. Yes, I work with him in Nixon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Nixon. Yes. That must have been very cool. Yes, 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 indeed. Yeah. How was that experience with that Oliver was, Stone? That was rather and... wonderful because our first day at reading, it was uh, uh, Anthony and, I mean, all the actors, right. uh, the main actors in terms were around the table. And, with, and you know how Stone is with the script. Mm -hmm. Tremendously private, you, you know, nobody sees, nobody sees. Right. To my amazement, in that reading, one actor would say, oh, you think I need to say this line? Let's cut this out. Let's cut this out. Let's change this. Okay. Okay. Wow. I, I was shocked. <laughs> We're dealing with yeah, right. history, folks. Right, right. We're dealing with Robert Kennedy, but right. Jack Kissinger, AFK, yeah. Kissinger, everybody, you know. So I was, I was amazed. I was amazed at that. But they all must have made very good sense to Oliver. I guess. Because he said yes to it. And, wow. you know, as far as a director is concerned, when I'm directing. Right. I, I, I want to give actors all the freedom and relaxation to be creative and brave as possible. Right. And as specific as I am, I first want to, to, to bring me okay. their warehouse. So before you're going to put those details that you're thinking about, you want to say, let's see what you bring to the Let table. Me give, yeah, because okay. I, I don't believe in going to a rehearsal uh, and asking the director what he wants. Okay. I, I, as an actor, will bring him what I, how what? I see things and hope to convince him unless, and this is the key, he is more, he's, he's got something better. Right. And I say that to every actor I direct. You right. have a better idea than I do? Give it do to it? me. Yeah, let me, yeah, let's use it. Ah, <laughs> give it to me. I want to do, I want it. Right. You see? You can, because to me, acting is creating upon creation. Mm -hmm. You give it another idea, and you know this, I know that because you're a wonderful actor. <laughs> you, you know, you create on top of creation. Right, right. You just keep going and going and going and going, and that's what, what uh, to me, is the idea, right. of the, and the ideal of, of a, a collaboration. What was, um, what was one of your uh, acting experiences, be it film or, or theater, where I mean, we've all had this one mm. where you're you're in it, you're doing it, and you know it. It's like the, it's like yeah. when you connect. You hit that baseball. You, yeah. you hit that sound. Yeah. What was? Could you think of one like? Well, that? you know, of all the performances that we do, you know, we're lucky if we hit it. Yes. Just right. <laughs> yes. And that experience is a rare yeah. experience because every cylinder has to be right. In answer to your question. Yes. About the the performance. Yes, <laughs> it's. I did it in um, um, uh, his honor, uh, the little flower. Right, and it was like riding a horse to the Kentucky Derby, and and just gliding, gliding. That feeling of just gliding, right. knowing that the audience is getting everything you you're saying, everything you're doing, and it was effortless. It was like flying. Was it a particular house, a particular night, or, or was it the run, you know, you just were on that roll? Just that performance. Really? You hit that, you hit that yeah. time where everything is, you're satisfied. Real, Which is a, a bad real, word sometimes. Yeah, yeah, a real, you know, satisfied yeah. that you've done all the work that you've put in for years, right. and then all of a sudden this kind of performance 
comes and you, you, you walk off the stage and you say, oh my gosh. It happened again in uh, Yanks 3, Detroit, nothing, top of the seventh. That was, that was a performance of everything that I was thinking they got. <laughs> oh, right. They could, you were, it was emanating off of you at the Yes. Time. Wow. Be, how I know that is because I had, I, I, I could, everything that I was thinking before I said whatever I had to say, they were already into my brain, right. into my mind, into my, my psyche. Right. And so the, their reaction again was so wonderful. Right. Now, in view from the bridge, at one performance, the audience behaved like it was a rock concert. <laughs> at the, I never seen anything like that in a straight play. Right, right. In a, in a, at, at the uh, uh, end of the play for the applause, right. they had their hands in the air, wow. applauding and screaming, "Hey, right, go right. Tony, go Tony!" Wow! I never seen anything like that in my life. Right. I mean, it was that kind of a, right. and, and and people outside. When I come out, there was a man and his wife, and he said to me. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know? Right. You know, it's interesting. That's my it. wife and I did a production of Streetcar a long time mm. ago because she's an way. actress as well. I directed and I played Stanley. And we got those reactions mm. because of that, the abuse, the, 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 the raw kind of sexual abuse of that show. Mm -hmm. Williams, people would come up after and say, just like that. How yeah. did you, you know, they wanted to touch you. How did yeah. you know? How, you were like my father. You were like, you know, so that's, yeah. what a great, yeah. great yeah. feeling yeah. that is. Um, you got to do, uh, you, you got to make films at mm. what is often called the golden age for, uh, for directors, for independent mm. filmmakers, for filmmaking in general. That, yeah. that window between the late 60s, early 70s when these terrific pictures were being made. And, and mm. like I said, what was that, like the Seven Ups and French Connection? Well, what was that? Time like in that experience. Let me like. tell you, I, I mentioned before uh, being in the right place at the right time, uh, and uh, the fact that I had I did uh, Honeymoon Killers, which was one of my first films, right. uh, and it's a cult classic. It's a it's a fabulous film. Uh, it's one of my favorite films of all of them, made for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> and uh, it it got great reviews and so on and so forth. That's a whole other story. But both Phil D'Antoni, who was the producer of French Connection, and Billy Friedkin had seen the film. Right. And uh, one of them said, let's get him. Let's get him to play Sal. And the other one said, what are you talking about? He has a Spanish accent. He's Spanish. But he's <laughs> See, I run into that sometimes. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. You know, don't sing too good. Don't That's act right. too good. Don't right. dance too good. Exactly. You can be a star. You know? <laughs> you know? So if you're too convincing in the role, That's it. Forget it. you're finished. That's not, not good. Not good. <laughs> so uh, one, thank God, I think it was uh, the casting person said, no, no, he's an American actor, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so... That happened. Now, when I did Seven Ups, but I go back, I'll go back right. to the stories with, with Billy. Uh, when we did the Seven Ups, they advertised in the newspaper, we want a Tony Lobianco type. <laughs> All of I'm a sudden, right here. I'm oh, that's what I said. All of a sudden, I was a type. I didn't know. I, I didn't know I arrived that quickly. Uh, you know. So uh, you know, from from Honeymoon Killers, where I played a Spanish killer lover. Yeah. To French Connection, so they wanted. I was already a type. So which type did they want? Right, right. You know, so I said, "Hey, I'm here. What yeah, about right. me?" So that's how that came about. Wow. Uh, 
most everything I did, I was not right for. Hmm. I would. I mean, Marciano, you being a, a great boxing fan, and right. so am I. Uh, when Lou DiGiamo, the casting director, said, "Let's get Tony Lobianco," the head of ABC at that time said, "Absolutely not. I do not want Lobianco as Marciano at all." Hmm. So when Louis told me that, I said, "Let me screen test." Okay. Uh, I'll change. I'll I'll transform right. into Marciano. What did they think? So, where did yeah. they think they were going to find another? <laughs> you know, I don't know what he was thinking. So we did a test and showed it to him, and he said, "That's it. That's who I want. Get him. Get him. <laughs> Who's that?" Once again, the brilliance yeah. of the you know that that's happened over and over again. I mean, I can do a whole right interview on every one of those right, any right. one of those things. So just to to wrap up. Um, the artist, the role of the artist, whatever it is, the fine artist, the musician, the actor, the director, what, what's the role of the art? How important is the role of the artist in, in our society? I mean, the, what they bring to people's lives. And well, look, all I can tell you is that my purpose as an actor, as an artist, um, is uh, to enlighten and bring an education and be, bring a entertainment, which is stardust, right. to get your attention for listen to what I have to say right. and how I have to say it and what to bring you life so that you can improve your life or that you can see a, a, a way politically, socially, and so on and so forth. That's what artists do in paintings. Mm -hmm. To me, anyway, they're trying to reveal something and, and the poor artist and the poor writer I mean, I feel sorry for writers <laughs> yeah. because all they have is the word right. to put down on paper and not what they mean, right. you know, right. uh, not the depth of what they think. They may say gleeful or mm -hmm. sorrowful, what, you know, those kind of things. But the depth of the conversation, the depth of what he's trying to get at is in the hands of the actor, actor. Right. to interpret that and the director to see that, right. to bring that out in the, in the, in the artist. So... And there's a there's a a truth that comes out of the performance, the mm. truth of uh, uh, of what he's saying, and the truth of the the underlying truth of that character. What is the role, and what is the importance of the artist to reveal truth to the audience? That's, that's it. That's it. That's everything. Right? That's it. The truth is will set you free. Yeah. The truth is what we do, try to deal with. You know that blatant kind of upfront honesty that an audience gets drawn into and relates to and understands you if you can listen the monster is out there right, right. the audience they come they come with every problem in the world as you know right. you know they're you know they just had an argument they just had a bad meal they just <laughs> have a babysitter they just got through traffic they just paid a lot of money right. to see their girl and happy and the, and, the, and the wife has dragged the guy to see this play of all things that he wants rather watch this and something else right. your job is to transform them from all of that as you know and to make them think and believe what you are talking about, because how dare any of us as artists say, watch me? Right. How dare we? Right. Unless you have something to, to say. say. And that's, you know? that's it. The key is having something to say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Tony, it's been great, man. I Thank really, you, man. really appreciate you giving me the time. Thank you. You are a wealth. I could sit here for hours with for you. For hours. I you can talk forever. fantastic. <laughs> well, I, what I, you I have did, loved it. It was a bit of a blast. Now, keep in mind, my relationship with you is watching you perform. Right, so right, I right. Saw, You saw the, the, the where I was, and I was a Spanish killer. You were, you were a bad man. <laughs> I you, was a you, Spanish killer. Exactly. So I saw in you, you know, the artist that you are. And uh, this is why this interview. That's awesome. Okay. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. God Thank bless you so much. God bless you.